The Pace Line is produced by The Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my guest co-host, John Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Dude, I was just looking at the weather. Why is it so much colder in Boston than it is in Northampton? I mean, you're, you're what, 90 miles away? Maybe? Maybe? And there's like a 20-degree differential? Yeah, I... I we are, um, you know, more or less from our founding, uh, Patrick, sinners in the hands of an angry God here in Boston. <laughs> you well, know? Going right for the Puritan ethic. I mean, that is going to resonate with cyclists, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. We are meant to suffer is good for us. I, I can't really speak to what they're doing out there in Northampton. Um, you know, it's a very liberal town, so maybe they've got the heat on. Early in the season here, we, you know, we, we keep it off until, um, well, we turn it off, I guess, as early as we possibly can. So, um, other than that, I would say, I don't know, offshore breeze, onshore breeze could be, uh, I mean, yeah. What else is going to do it? Uh, I, I looked at that. I was like, it's here, here's the thing. Okay. So when I flip through the weather app on my phone, I like checking in on the weather on all the places that I have close friends or relatives and all the places I used to live. There's um, something oddly sweet about that. I, I, okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah. I, I do it because I do it. Right. So this is the biggest temperature differential I have ever seen between Northampton and Boston in my entire life. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, you drew the I, short straw. Well, for me, it's the long straw, because oh. if the temperature is over 70 degrees, I'm uncomfortable. Okay, yeah, you did draw the long straw. Yeah. Because yeah, it's 73 yeah, yeah. there, and it's 55 where you are, allegedly. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, another thing that um, I think is worth pointing out about Boston, people call Chicago the Windy City. They think it's because of the wind. It's actually because of political hot air. Is, that's why Chicago got that nickname. In all seriousness, I'm not just saying that. Boston well, is actually fit. the windiest big metro in the country. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, it's not at all unusual for us to have... Uh, you know, gusts into the 30s and 40s, steady winds. I used to I used to commute into the city um, up and down the river, mm-hmm. and I was always amazed that you could be riding into town. So with the direction of the river, the river's flow. Right. But there would be the wind would be blowing so hard on shore that there would be waves traveling the wrong direction up the river. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. And and then, of course, because in my addled brain, I would think, well, at least I get the tailwind on the way home. But actually, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's going to flip around 2 p.m. Uh, so you can you can ride straight into it both ways. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> it's, it's it's not whether it's a training program. <laughs> Yeah. Just one you didn't want. It's a coach and one you don't like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, cheers on your shorter commute these days. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, all righty. Well, uh, let's jump into this thing. What are you pulling about this week? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been thinking a lot about how my riding habits uh, change through time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure everyone goes through this. Maybe you have a, a regular group ride you show up for, or you have a solo day that you look forward to. 
Uh, and if your life is somewhat stable, those can be the cornerstones of your riding. You know, uh, I'm always a mm-hmm. bit jealous, really, of folks who can hold their riding routine together for years and years at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that dude with the uh, the bib shorts that have gone all kind of slack. They don't really. And he just he's just been showing up for the group ride every day for like 12 straight years or right. whatever. One jersey. I'm jealous yeah. of that guy. But um, my life, for whatever reason, has been slightly more chaotic than that. Uh, to the point that I've been act- I've actually been doing a lot of trail running uh, the last two seasons. And that's the last thing I'm going to say about that, because I feel like I just farted in church. But <laughs> what I'm really getting at here, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is that lately I'm getting back into my riding groove, uh, mainly with friends on on sort of local gravel rides, mm-hmm. um, you know, two, two, three hours at a stretch. Um, and it's this really excellent experience where I'm probably the weakest link for a change. Okay. You know, um, you know, I, I was once, I guess, one of the stronger riders in, in my crew of riding friends, but my legs just, just aren't there yet this year. And and as much as I hate being the slow one, it's also fascinating what it teaches you about how to ride with other people. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yes. Obviously, Mm -hmm. on the one hand, there's this ego deflation that's valuable, but as I try to ride with my kids and my wife and with other, you know, w- new cyclists who are friends of mine, um, I think this time where I'm the guy on the back is really informative. You know, it's helping me understand better how to how to be cool. Right. Like I always tell my kids, like, just be cool. Just be cool, man. Um, <laughs> but what being cool is like. It's like I've, I've been getting this lesson in how to be the weakest link. And that feeds into understanding how to keep the weakest link on a ride engaged and having fun without making them feel coddled or like they're holding up the train, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm slow right now, but I'm but I'm into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I let myself drift off. I'm not like turning myself inside out to hold the wheel i mean Mm -hmm. you know it's a little different on the road versus gravel right you know on the road maybe you got to keep the whole thing together better but in the woods you know you can it's only your ego that demands you you be up there so i'm just riding at my own pace uh and it feels like slowing down by virtue of my fitness just not being there or because it's a good and fine thing to do on its own merits is kind of exactly what I've needed to do. Uh, and I'm like, I'm slow, but I'm really enjoying my riding lately. Uh, you know, at the bottom, you know, at the end of it, of whatever, the bottom line, if I can speak, you know, this isn't P.E., we don't have a coach like barking out things through a bullhorn. So the only real requirement is when you get out there, enjoy yourself. Cause if you didn't enjoy yourself, given how theoretically disposable this is in our lives, you know, why, why go, why go? That's right. That's right. My wife, my wife says, uh, sometimes, uh, I'll say, I'll say something like, ah, I just, I drifted off the back and kind of did my own thing until they stopped. And then I caught up. She said, and she'll say, yeah, you're a goddamn grown up. You know, you, <laughs> you, you, you can, do, you can do what you want. And, um, you know, I think that that's right. Well, for the, for the folks playing the game at home, you should maybe explain to everyone what an unmitigated badass your wife is. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my wife is one of those, uh, people who is shy and quiet and, um, outstandingly good at everything that she does, Mm -hmm. but without, but without really putting it in your face. And she does all sorts of things. She's a, a high powered, uh, tech company executive and, um, you know, she's, she's fit. Uh, and you know, she can play the violin with her eyes closed better than, you know, she's just, she's all, all the things. I didn't even, I don't 
maybe you did tell me about the violin. I'm just thinking back on like the times that you've told me, oh yeah, she just did the Tough mutter. Oh yeah, she just killed this. Oh yeah, she just did that. Yeah. You know, teaching classes and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's good. Like that line, you know, you can, if you're a goddamn grown up, you can do what you want. It's kind of like in keeping with her whole ethos. Like she's not really gonna tell you all the things that she does and that she's good at. And she's, you know, she's just this low key. Um, yeah, I would say low key badass, which is mm-hmm. the right kind. I think it's the most impressive kind. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the, you know, there's the perennial joke where I say, and she tolerates me. Um, but again, for those playing along at home and who read my stuff, you you will understand that it's no small thing to tolerate me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that's a an egoy thing to say. I mean, I think that's just real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this all the time. Yeah, no, I, I'm only laughing because of the truth of the situation, because I resonate so firmly with it. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'm I'm a lot. Yeah. And we're I'm both, and I'm like this all the Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm a lot and I'm like it. I'm like this all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was included with a stop button. I think I may have a pause button that occasionally works. You know, it's the one right. that's a little bit fried because it's been pressed so many times. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm sort of like um, I think I'm sort of like a puppy in that I I will like play and run and and do all the stuff and be so into everything. And then I collapse uh-huh. and then I wake up and I do it again <laughs> and then I collapse. It doesn't you know, um, my coffee habits don't don't maybe don't help. <laughs> in fact today i got to the point where i was drinking a cup of coffee and i thought oh my god i gotta stop <laughs> <laughs> i i allow myself 16 ounces of yerba mate and i i try yeah. to make sure i have it finished before lunch oh that's that is that is a high level of self-control <laughs> I, I usually I, finish the pot of coffee in the morning and think, you know what would be good now? <laughs> uh, here's another one where you ought to share with uh, the folks playing the game at home uh, what you and your cohorts at seven would call going out to get coffee. Oh, going out for buckets? Yeah, buckets. Yeah, buckets. Um, I mean, hearing that phrase is a question when I was there. Buckets? Oh yeah, yeah. Bucket, bucket. Yeah, we all want a bucket. Like at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, buckets originated with my good friend Carl Borney, who was the service manager at Seven and who now owns True Cyclery uh, in New Haven, Connecticut. Get in there and buy yourself some tubes. (laughs) Um, Carl is the funniest human that I know, probably, and. Carl had this, there was like a point in every spring when it was iced coffee time. Okay. And so for him, iced coffee meant Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only size you were reasonably uh, able to order would be the, whatever the biggest one was. 32 ounces. Then, I know yeah. the size of that cup. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a monster. And so we would call it bucket. Mm-hmm. Do you want a bucket? Yeah, I would like a bucket. And yeah, there's no time of day that you don't want a bucket. And I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of that coffee. I wouldn't call myself a snob, but I don't like that coffee in particular. But when you begin consuming a bucket of iced coffee every day, it changes you. <laughs> it changes you like, on, a, on a molecular level. Like if you wonder... How Dunkin' Donuts can make such awful food and drink products and be enormously successful. It's because they're doing some sort of genetic engineering on you while you're consuming it. So what you're saying is they've got a budget version of CRISPR? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Gene editing it, at, uh, for, for the masses. It's like live gene editing. Yeah. And then you find yourself when someone's at three 30 in the afternoon says you want a bucket and you say, yeah, 
you fly all by, <laughs> you know, and that's, <laughs> and you know, when you're, when you're, when you're at seven and you are, um, that jacked on caffeine, you're likely to be riding home and, uh, you know, seven is in Watertown. I don't live in Watertown. So I had woods roots. So, I mean, the whole, there was like a synergy between the massive jolt of afternoon caffeine and a really what I would call rowdy commute home. <laughs> it's also worth noting. I, I mean, here I am in possession of a piece of data that you may be unaware of unless Rob Vandermark told you stories. Uh, the the afternoon devotion to coffee is something that began in the Merlin Metalworks days. Yeah, I could believe that. They back then they referred to the runs as DDs, Dunkin' Donuts, oh. DDs. We're going to DDs. Want anything? I don't know that I've ever seen Rob Vandermark drink a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You know I've that just doesn't even surprise me. Yeah, yeah, he's a stealth coffee drinker though. He ingests he's and he's always even keel, too. So I don't really know how to explain what's going on there. He's maybe more robotic than I am. And I mean that with love and respect. <laughs> and I that's exactly what I heard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So iced coffee. I, I've tried to like coffee. I've tried. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I've always liked more or less everything food and drink wise. I've always just liked it. And I, I can believe that coffee, um, you know, like way back in the day, I smoked cigarettes. They're terrible. They're disgusting. It's the worst thing you could possibly do. But I did it a lot. So I can imagine. I don't know. I, th I think coffee is delicious, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, Millions and millions of people agree with you and disagree with me. So, you know, there's that data point. And then there's the yeah. fact that my mother owned a specialty coffee and food store in Memphis for a fair number of oh. years. She sold all the best coffees, except for the stuff that passes through the civet, you know, and it, yeah, yeah. On the other side. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> pretty much everything other than that. She carried and, you know, often like in multiple rows and, you know, you could buy whole yeah. bean or she'd grind it for you and all this stuff. And I'd walk in and she'd go, hello, this is my son, Patrick. He does not drink coffee. It would come out like a flipping hashtag. Right. You know, right. At, and that would be when I'd have to remind, you know, you've got some really nice chocolates I like. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly there's something wrong with you. I wouldn't have said this was it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, you know, it's like so many things, you know, you, you start coughing when you show up the doctor and they want to know what the, what the thing, you know, it's just a symptom. My not liking yeah. coffee is a symptom of some much larger genetic default or fault. I could see the true crime special about you where the neighbor says, well, he seemed nice, but he didn't like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We've been keeping our eye on him ever since we found out he didn't drink coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed, seemed nice enough, pleasant, but you know, I never trusted him. Yeah, that's scan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I could go dig up a couple neighbors now who probably would come in and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a life goal, right? To be the neighbor and not the, not the subject. <laughs> I had never considered that. Yeah. If you're going to be on a true crime show, be a witness. That's right. There's two kinds of people in this world, serial killers and neighbors. You want to be a neighbor. <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't that leave out victim? <laughs> I guess that's the... <laughs> I guess, yeah, in the in a So there are three order. kinds of people in the world, but you still only want to be the neighbor. That's right. I guess that's right. <laughs> I guess it goes neighbor, serial killer, victim. <laughs> well, yeah, I was doing that this, math. It's like, well, at least the serial killer. This is this, this has is gone so really wrong. dark. We uh okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I think heard Ted Bundy was hell at the local criterium. Let's just get this thing back in the <laughs> Maybe this is where we take a little break uh, and say nice things about ourselves. All right. 
So let's do it. We will uh, be back in just a minute. The Pace Line is brought to you by the Cycling Independent. We are the only online cycling publication that's entirely reader supported with absolutely no advertiser, sponsor, or investor commitments influencing our editorial. We don't have a sales team or middle management. It's just the three founders and a collection of talented and committed contributors who independently produce our content. To maintain our commitment to honest, reader-focused editorial with the best writers in the business, we need your help. Every dollar that comes in goes directly toward creating the content you see. A subscription is cheap, easy, and it goes a heck of a long way. Just go to cyclingindependent.com, click on Support TCI, and choose your level. Thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with the pace line. We've got it back together. This is the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, take us away from coffee, beverages, and serial killers. What's your pull for the week? I'll do my best to get us away from serial killers, but I'm not making any promises. All right. Because you never know when a serial killer will pop up. Uh, Moving right along. It's spring here. And by that, I mean, it's been spring at some level weather wise since uh, February, you know, like Mm. Valentine's Day. But it's spring now, as in stuff is flowering and pollinating. I've been returning home from rides with burning eyes and sometimes a runny nose that I've blown like a car horn in a traffic jam. (laughs) In terms of uh, quality of life. There's really only one thing I miss about my life in Southern California. My allergies almost never gave me any trouble there. Here in Sonoma County? Good grief, dude. The next month or so will be, uh, I'm going to go with characterized by lots of antihistamine use. And, th- and what does that look like? Is that a huffer puffer? Is that pills? Pills. Is that... Like a nasal spray. I think uh, everything should be a nasal spray, incidentally. Huh. I, oh. I, I hadn't considered that. Uh, that <laughs> that's worth considering. Okay. Uh, for me, it's tablets, pills. Yeah. Okay. And, right. you know, generally like uh, in, when it gets really bad, it's the 24-hour mm. stuff every 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's how I feel about coffee. But anyway, <laughs> we left that behind. Were you well, always they, like this? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as a kid, I was super allergic. Uh, I was so allergic that when they they formed three doctors came together and formed a pediatric allergy group in Memphis, which was called Mm. the pediatric allergy group. But so all the most allergic kids in Memphis got shuffled off to these three doctors. So one day I'm, I don't know, 11 years old, 10 years old. Mm. And I'm in for an appointment with the doctor and he's going over me and they're going to formulate the next batch of shots that I'm getting. Cause that was the thing I was getting weekly shots. He looked at me and he said, Patrick, you are the third most allergic child in Memphis. <laughs> and you know, Podium. This is, you know I, I mean, bronze medal in that is better than silver or gold. So, so let me, let me ask you're the third most allergic, and I assume that they're, you know, testing you in ways and you're getting scores. And Oh, yeah. So my my only experience with allergies, because I don't have any, is my dog. And mm-hmm. um, my dog has a, uh, a list of allergies, you know, grass and uh, a lot of nonsense. But it's a long list, right? Mm-hmm. And each mm-hmm. thing has a score. How how long is your list? What are the big items on on the list other than like, you know, pollen and. Uh, yeah. So pollen leads list. Then it was like, you know, pet hair and cat dander and all that stuff and dust and mold. And, you know, I was lucky. No medicines, no foods. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but the last time I saw the list printed on paper. It was uh, two sheets mm. there. I, if I recall correctly, I had 95 allergies and wow. they, sc- they score allergies on a plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four basis. Mm. And plus four is like 
potentially lethal. Uh-huh. Uh, Are you potentially lethally allergic to anything? I had a couple that were plus four. A couple. Oh, wow. Uh, a whole lot of plus three and plenty of plus twos. Um, huh. I don't remember any plus ones. It's like either I was allergic to it and it was going to turn me inside out or not. And did you, did that lead as a kid, did that lead to a lot of emergency room time? Only a couple times. Only, huh. a, only a couple. It was generally reasonably well controlled with the shots as long as I was getting the shots, which mm. brings me to uh, an interesting little point, which is, you know, every few years it would get around to spring and my mom and I would be thinking I was doing better and maybe didn't need shots that season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic. And, and then everything would start blooming and I would get hit hard and, you know, everything in my sinuses would turn to cement. And then my eyes would be so bloodshot. People thought I was a stoner at the age of 12. Sounds like good cover, but go on. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so we'd go back to the allergist. But, you know, the shots, you have to build up a, a certain level of that in your system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the shots wouldn't really do anything for the first three to four weeks. So I'd have to do all sorts of pills and suffer because back then stuff like chlorotrimeton and sildane really didn't do that much for me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> here's where we are today. I've got three different antihistamines in my medicine cabinet. I've mm. got the generics for Allegra, Zyrtec, and Claritin. Mm. And this is the big reason I figured this was worth the pull. I'm not sure how widely known it is that each of the different antihistamines work on different sorts of allergies. They're all different formulations, okay? Mm. But the way they're marketed, they all sound the same. You know, great for hay fever and That's what I else. would have guessed. Yeah, yeah ring same, around the same. collar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ring around the collar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it'll even fix that. Uh, yeah. The fact is, though, like Allegra, if you are allergic to cat dander and, and mm. dust and stuff like that, things that happen inside the home, Allegra's yeah. really good. It's really good at that. And mm. Zyrtec is better on some kinds of pollen than either Claritin or Allegra and on and on, you know? Mm-hmm. So last year, because for whatever reason, it was a, a bad uh, allergy year for me. I mm. went through all three and identified which ones work with my various allergies that get aggravated here. And what I realized is that Allegra, Allegra works on almost nothing outside for me here. Hmm. Not to say it wouldn't work for somebody else, but it doesn't work outside for me. But either Claritin or Zyrtec worked in the first part of spring when that first stuff flowering would go off. But then later on in spring, when other stuff was growing, I don't know if it was, you know, grasses and, you know, all that stuff. But whatever was happening later on in spring, I had to switch to the other antihistamine. And the part that really frustrates me right now is I don't remember whether it was Zyrtec first and then Claritin second or the other way around. Mm. So this is a cycling podcast. Mm -hmm. And and so I have I have two questions. Okay. the first one is when your allergies are bad, Mm -hmm. could you you ride all the time? Yeah. Do you yeah. ride? How many days a week do you ride? Uh, I'm shooting for five right now. Okay. What what percentage? Say say no allergy issues at all is you at a hundred percent. What is your percentage when when you're unmedicated? So that's question one. Mm-hmm. Question two is: Is this because we're talking about antihistamines on a cycling podcast? Is this in some way a plea for help? And maybe there's a doctor listening and is going to come in the comments to give us the straight dope. You know, that would have been a a terrific strategy uh, if Mm. I had started out with that and said, here, I'm going to crowdsource an answer because I know that we have lots of very smart, educated and capable listeners. Mm. Uh, But I I didn't. A strategy for this podcast 
Write yeah. that down. That's a thing we should, <laughs> should do next time. <laughs> well, you didn't have to show off that much. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't have a strategy. And I now that you meant, well, you know, hey, they can always put something in, in the comments, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if there's a doctor on the flight, please come to the cat front of the cabin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so then what percentage would you say you are unmedicated on a ride? Because I have some friends with allergies and frankly, they look terrible. I see them. They look terrible. It, depending on how bad I was suffering, uh, I could be like 75, 80% of my normal self. Hmm. Uh, it, it, those really, really bad ones where like something awful would rub up against me on a mountain bike ride. Oh. I I would just be a drippy mess. Something would rub up against you. I like <laughs> like a tree. Uh, well, more like some sort of shrub or bush or yeah. succulent yeah. or you yeah. know why they call them succulents. I don't know because when I think of succulent, I think of like potato chips. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about that succulent. I, That's not what comes to my mind. But yeah, anything that can make shrubs me are the secret killer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shrub is so innocuous sounding, but shrubs will shrubs will kill you. But yeah, they'll mess me up, man. Look they'll, out for shrubs, people. They'll they'll knock me low. Yeah. So I mean, I I truly you know, this being a cycling podcast, I'm I'm like I brought it up because like I am not looking forward to getting caught flat footed on a ride sometime in the next week, possibly today. I mean, hmm. it's gonna happen. Sometime in the next week, I'm gonna arrive home with a raw nose from me having blown it, you know, mm. little rockets along the way. Yeah. yeah. I was told I was on a ride this morning and I was, I, I let loose with a snot rocket. Um, I apologize to our weak stomach listeners, but I let loose with a, a snot rocket. And one of the guys on the ride said, the CDC guidelines says <laughs> that you're not allowed to do that until Friday in the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> So Massachusetts <laughs> listeners, good news, Friday you can let loose again. <laughs> well, since I've been riding by myself, I figured it was, uh, and this is another reason for me to ride by myself currently. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not COVID friendly. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, it's not something that really suits a spectator. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean... You know, I, my eyes will be watering. They will be bloodshot. Yeah. Uh, but the way my what, nose will run, people won't think I was stoned. They'll think I was high on cocaine or something. Uh, yeah, right. I guess people are still high on cocaine somewhere. Uh, Columbia? Well, you never get high on your own supply. That's what I was told. So oh. I think the problem is mostly in Southern California, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> coming full circle yeah <laughs> the place where my nose was almost never running uh yeah so anyway you know as a as an informational hey let's help the listeners uh if if the antihistamine you've been using for your allergies is not doing you right try a different one seriously <laughs> or if you have advice for patrick definitely yeah, weigh that in. too that definitely too. weigh in yeah Alrighty, I think we should probably move on to the pace line picks because we've done all the damage here we can. Yep, sounds good. So, so my pick this week is uh, an eight-year-old Walls gray wool cap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I got this cap sent to me as a sample for a custom cap project I was working on uh, for seven mm -hmm. back, back when I was working at seven and that project never went anywhere because sometimes projects don't go anywhere. But so I had this, uh, I had this cap and it became my go-to cap all weather. Mm -hmm. So in wintertime, I put a little beanie or some sort of thing under it and I put it over the top in the fall and the spring. 
it's the first cap I pick out of the bin. Um, it's like super comfortable, breathable. It held its shape. It fit my head. Uh, it just, I don't know. It was like the perfect cycling cap. It is. It is. I wore it last week. <laughs> but I had, I'm bringing it up because I had someone tell me they didn't think that Walls made a quote unquote high quality cap. Oh, that's just silly. And I, yeah. And I, I think that might have something to do with price points because Walls isn't the most expensive cap on the market. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people read quality into price. Yeah. Which is, which is you know, fair enough. You, you, I think the, the, the old saw that you get what you pay for is, is real. But I do think also that there are things in the market, on the market, of true value. Um, yeah. And I think that this is a classic case of sort of the price creating the perception that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I so this person told me they thought the cap wasn't a, a, a high end or a nice cap. I don't know what they think I deserve. I'll just leave that there. But <laughs> um, you know, I found myself offended on Walls's behalf. Hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. That scans. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I went on a little rant, like kind of, you know, like a, a an abbreviated version of what I'm saying here. But um, <laughs> I think my friend was also sorry that they had made the comment because I was just like, you know, in my mind, Walls as a company is killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a U.S. made, it's all USA made product. Pricing is very reasonable. They're nice to deal with. They do custom if you want custom. I could kind of go on and on. But we're actually talking about a cycling cap now, and even I realize it's a little little absurd to go on too much longer. <laughs> but this well, is, you know, in the grid, I have a lot of cycling kit and stuff generally, mm-hmm. and I would put this in the in the pantheon of like perfect products. Well, that I mean, that really says it all right there. Yeah. Let me ask you though, you know, for for folks who haven't seen them. You know, how thick is the cap compared to the standard cotton edition most all of us have grown up wearing? So it's it's wool. It's a little thicker, but it's not as dense a weave. So like I I don't tend to ride it in midsummer mm-hmm. because it is a little warmer, but it, it in in any kind of weather under say 50 degrees it breathes so well, you know, I'm a sweater, I'm a hot, I run hot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I wear a cotton cap, I'm going to soak that thing. I just am. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this cap breathes better and it just doesn't do that to me. And it's, it's, you know, what I think it is, is this particular cap is the exact right amount of cap. You know what I mean? It's not like trying to do too much. It's mm-hmm. not it's not dry, too cheap. It's not mm-hmm. in other words it's not trying to do too little. It's just it's just nailing its job. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I've never gotten one of theirs because for whatever reason in my head the correct cycling cap is the standard issue cotton. I don't right. know why that is, but I have not been able to recast that in my head. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, you know, there are mutts for wintertime. That's, you know, great and wonderful and everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, come, come spring and fall, I'm still in the, the basic old stuff that is often not that well made. I wear the cotton caps too. I, and I like them, but they're, I, I, I can't name a, a remarkable cotton cap. Oh, that's not a thing. Right. I mean, maybe it is, and we just haven't found it yet. But this cap, I don't know. It's just it's just exactly as much cap as I need on my head. Holds its shape. It's it's amazing. You know, like the thing with a cotton cap is the brim at some point mm-hmm. um dies. Dies. Yeah. This thing is I'm it's eight, nine years old. I've worn it thousands of times. Uh that that the 
Brim hasn't given up the ghost and gone like, you know, evil Knievel at, at you know, in Las Vegas or something. Right. Um, that, that may be, for some folks, that may be its best recommendation of all. Well, what's what's interesting is I've I've had caps where they're really trying to make a brim that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. works uh, forever, and so it's as hard as a piece of plywood. You know what I <laughs> yep. mean? Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. you ne- yeah. you never it never curves the way you want it to, and I don't know, does all yep. kinds of nonsense. This this thing is just it's like an old baseball mitt. This this mm. hat. Yeah, I may have to rethink that thing. Uh, uh, I, well, we are going to have a link to them in our show notes. I could click on it myself. You could. You could. If you don't have one of these, I I, I think it's just, for me, it's basic equipment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's my All pick right. this week. The Walls cool. Cap Company. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't well, my- pay for the cap. I feel like I should. <laughs> I think I should send them forty bucks. Thirty. I, I but think they'd be willing to send you forty bucks after everything you've sent. Said. Well, I hate to imagine people are buying things based on my recommendation. <laughs> I do write useless <laughs> reviews, so <laughs> and, who knows and what to make of what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, the one when- and only time we will run a photo of Vladimir Putin uh, on this <laughs> cycling site. Uh, neat trick. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Moving right uh, along. My What's... pick this week is a tire I reviewed recently and continue to ride with uh, considerable delight. Uh, Pan Eraser has introduced a new tire in its Gravel King lineup, the SS. Um, people mostly know the SK, which is the one with yeah. the, the rows of little square blocks on it. Yeah. Um, the SS is what I'd call a semi-slick. It's got something akin to a herringbone in the center of the tread, yep. uh, that primary contact patch, and then some tiny little nubs, uh, uh, and then some fast rolling blocks out at the side. I've been riding it in the 38 millimeter width, and it has performed most admirably. Um, so it's, I'd say it's a, a relatively quick rolling tire. Um, compared to some of the others, uh, that I've been on, Mm. this one is better suited than a lot of tires for mixed use applications. So the grasshoppers I do here in Northern California and those, and some of the other events, uh, bike monkeys, fish rock, uh, we'll go from pavement to dirt and back to pavement. You know, that might happen five or six times in the course of one of the events. Um, and I've gotten questions about just how good uh, a tire like this can be in dirt, especially in loamy soils like we get mm. in Redwood Forest. Right. And what this and, well, one other tire, the um, the Donnelly Sport USH, uh, which is philosophically very similar. Uh, I, m- my takeaway is that a big footprint can do everything a few knobs can do. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was up in Mendocino, uh, this was the tire I was on when I was cruising single track in Jackson demo forest mm. and it never once failed to offer me sufficient control. And I remember coming around a tight switchback once and looking off to my left and the fall line down the hillside <laughs> was, uh, rather exposed mm. and, um, I think excessively steep is a fair term here. Mm. Uh, and it was one of those things where I, I had that moment of like, I'm on a slick tire. Huh? <laughs> I, I wonder how this might turn out. Um, but I, I didn't have any problems. There were yeah. no problems with that. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say it never, ever slid, but it did so gradually. And I was able to always maintain control. Right. Uh, it wasn't easy to break the rear tire away, honestly. Mm. Yeah. It comes in two versions. I should mention, uh, there's the standard SS, uh, which is a tubeless tire. And then there's the SS plus also tubeless, but it offers a little more flat protection. 
Mm. Uh, given that the difference in price uh, is only 10 bucks, the regular is forty nine ninety five, and the plus is fifty nine ninety nine or 95, whatever. I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't just drop the extra 10 bucks for the extra flat protection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tire comes in five widths in 700 C. So there's a 28, a 32, a 35, the 38, which is I've, what I've been riding. And then a 43. There's also a 650 by 48 for folks who need a right. smaller wheel. Interesting. Um, I, yeah. The thing I love about 38s, anytime a company produces a 38, there are an awful lot of frames out there that will not take a 40. Right. And there are frames that even the 38 is a little, maybe a little much. Uh, Mm. You're you're pushing the envelope. Right. Um, I'll just interject here and say to frame frame builders, um, you know, get on the clearance, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Tires aren't getting smaller. Well, you know, here's the funny part is that you know, if somebody's buying something made from steel or titanium, like mm. say, I don't know, seven cycles. Sure, sure. Uh, those are not the frames with the clearance problems. No, because they're built. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you tell them you want to run a 40 millimeter tire and they say, OK, we know what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all the carbon fiber stuff out there where. Right. You know, it's like, oh, they sprayed a little extra clear coat on the inside of the rear triangle. And now I'm starting to rub marks in the clear coat. That's not a material you want tire rub in. Uh, No, no. I would Uh, call it (laughs) non-tolerant. Yeah. uh, I was also going to add inadvisable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So based on my experience with a, a bunch of different carbon fiber gravel frames, uh, 38 is a really, really helpful size to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now are these, the ones you have, are they, uh, black side walls or, or tan side walls? I went black side wall. I have you not did. gotten back on, on terms with, uh, gum side walls or Brown tan, whatever. I, at some point I came to accept all black tires and I have yet to move back away from that. Hmm. Cause the gum wall is, is the, is the thing now. Right. Right. But we've also established that I'm not hip. No, no, I'm, I probably I'm not either. I don't, I, I have no idea. I'm just curious, which I have seen, I saw this particular tire, uh, on the interwebs uh, just today under a under a guy who I do think is pretty stylish, uh, which mm. is um, Hurl Everstone. Oh, and, yeah. And I, be- I believe he was rocking a pair of pink. Pink Gravel Kings, I believe. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who could pull that off. He, oh, yeah, he yeah, does yeah, yeah. have the hip. Uh, yeah, he does. And I, I mean, I I've been his. through a full audit. I am not hip. No, that's fair. That's fair. I saw his and I and my thought was, wait, am I that cool? And I thought I thought, no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you know, you could always give it a try. Well, also, this is Boston. We, we, we did. I did, should have mentioned this is I mean, I live literally on Puritan Road. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. My neighbors don't want to see me on those decadent tires. <laughs> Next thing you know, there'll be dancing over here. You are such the libertine. We may have to do something about you. Yeah. 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 I should be I, I, reined in. Yeah. I'm suddenly reminded of a line from John Berryman's book, The Dream Songs. Oh. There should, there should be a law against, uh, there should be a law against John. And then Mr. Bone says, there already is. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that's the case. Perhaps that's true. Law against and, John. It, it, yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's especially fitting since you're also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, this was a cycling podcast. Theoretically, yes. <laughs> Theoretically, yes. It was a cycling podcast. And I, I rode my bike today and I didn't fall off it, uh, which I think makes me an expert. Uh, just for today. Yeah. I mean, you passed the test, right? Yeah. 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 I was off the back. I was, 
off the side, but I, I didn't fall down. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be riding my bicycle to Sebastopol, uh, in just a bit to mm. get my second dose of the vaccine. Oh yeah. And, uh, do you feel nervous about that? Everyone seems very nervous. One of the guys on my ride today, his wife got the second dose uh-huh. and he felt compelled to text her mid ride to say, Hey, are you doing okay? And we were like, it is so superficially clear that you're trying to play the good husband card being out on a ride <laughs> texting her like you can do anything about it. Oh yeah. That's, um, that's somebody. Yeah. Preemptively trying not to lose any points. Well, he was like, ah, I left the house before I didn't see her. And then I'm going to do this ride and I'm going to get back late, but I'll, I'll express concern now. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Preemptively. Yeah. She that, sees through I, that. That's not the point. Right. Right. I think, I, you know, some of our listeners may correct us on this. Uh, right. That, that would be okay. There should I'm be a cycling until tomorrow. There should be a cycling book that covers spousal, um, what's it, diplomacy. <laughs> Marriage diplomacy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in cycling. Yes. How many times per year are you allowed to call for a pickup? Um, which of the Hallmark holidays are, are you allowed to cycle on and which are you not? Um, I, you know, like like on President's Day, you could go for an epic ride. But on mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, that's that's pretty relationship dependent. You got to be so, careful. I My wife say doesn't care. But you I mean, this may be a pull for a future episode, but you should certainly it's at least an article and you it's it's a feature. It's not an essay. And you should be the one to write it because you've got a long marriage, which I suggests marriage. considerably greater success in these things than me with my two failed marriages. Could be, could be. And I've, and you know, I have this long marriage, but I have made the mistakes. But you managed to pull it out of the dive. I, yeah, yeah. I offer some charm of some sort in, in, in recompense for her, for her vast stores of patience. I, I would I would benefit I suspect from some education in this regard. So mm. we're we're going to hold you to this. All right. Yeah. I'll yeah. write up I'll write up some I'll write up some uh some pro tips. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know everyone it, loves pro tips. It's it's a pro tip sort of world. Actually, actually strike that. These will be amateur tips. <laughs> I think I think I would like to pioneer the genre of amateur tips, <laughs> which is most of what the Internet is anyway. Mm, mm, but branding mm, is important. Mm. So robots, is, amateur tips that has legs. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a whole new series. Yeah. Yeah. All right. OK. Uh, well, that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Uh, Everybody, uh, we could use some questions. Uh, we haven't gotten any in a little bit. So uh, when you send stuff, it's great. Send us more stuff. Uh, if you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with the Gnarly Robot. Uh, Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.